Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian T.K. Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the Okay, I just did one of the greatest episodes in podcast history with real-life street stars, some of the coldest brothers in the Okay, make sure you subscribe, like the video, and keep continuing to watch these young brothers rise. You know I don't talk a lot. Demonstrations better than conversation. Go. Everybody start clapping right now. We got, a, we got an OG in the building. Y'all ain't funny like this. TK Kirkland in the building. What's up, brother? Hey, how you doing, man? TK motherfucking K. Hey, I, I just got to ask a question, man. Under every viral interview, there's a TK Kirkland YouTube. Yeah. Is that you or not, bro? No, nah, that's, not, that's not me, yo. I got someone impersonate me, but hey, that's when you know you made it, right? That's how you know. I, I, I don't know who has that kind of time, but he's on everything. Have, have you ever tried to respond to him and say, hey, man? Yeah, 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 I sure have. And um, I kind of like threatened him and all that. But, <laughs> then, but then Instagram was getting ready to ban me for talking shit to me. Damn. <laughs> yeah, so you know, it was a violation of community service. They wasn't looking at it as I'm talking to me. They looked at like it. I was, Threatening myself. Oh, oh, that's crazy. I had to leave it alone, yo. Leave it alone. He's still out there. He's, he's still out there somewhere. Yeah, he said. You know, and then I started thinking, you know, might as well just let it go ahead and let them do what they do. Man, I, know, I was like, man, you're a good ass troll, bro. Like, yeah, everything. He on everything. <laughs> troll you your know? own content. Yeah, he rolling, yo. Now, everyone knows who's on this couch, man. TK, you've been going crazy in there, especially even your. You know, reliving through even Vlad the Vlad TV conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, people throw the word legend around a lot. Um, you are a legend, thank you. But sir. I'm just curious, what in the in the comedy in the comedy world, what do you consider legend? Like, what criteria does somebody have to get to for you to say, yeah, that is a legend? Uh, I would definitely say Eddie Murphy. Yeah. No, I mean even more so Eddie Murphy. What criteria does someone need to have to I be think considered that you, a legend? You, you have to be a, a, a rock star because to me, I saw what a rock star was. That was Eddie Murphy because he had the blueprint. He was selling that stadiums. He had men wanted to be like him, women wanted to fuck him. And that's the definition of a rock star to me. You know what I mean? And um, he just had it all. So I've never seen nobody other than me pull that, that kind of, um, that have that kind of swag that, Eddie Murphy has so that was that, that's my definition of a rock star. If you was to give someone next up to Eddie, like just from what you've seen in the comedy world, someone maybe that's not even known, yeah. who would you say got that aura of what Eddie had back in the eighties? Oh, me for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about for it. Sure. Me for sure. I'm not even gonna give nobody else that. <laughs> oh, I said, was there just no third runner of you? Yeah, <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm not gonna. And the reason why I say that because I'm the architect of the stand-up thing. I can't um, really go around saying it because it's. it's to young people, it's cocky, it's arrogant. So you just have to prove um, things day by day. So I don't take comedy things seriously, but I put a lot of work in to make it serious. But I'm really doing what I want to do. I love stand-up, but what I really like is negotiating. What I really like is the business side of mm. entertainment, as you know. You know, so um, that's what motivates me and to help people, you know, like well, from D.L. Hughley to Mike Epps to Godfrey to 
my new guy, Charleston White, and he's the yeah. first person in, in a long time that I took under my wing. That's what's up. Um, to show love because I really felt that most comedians need to be babysitted. I need. I think most people needed to be um, talked to every day. But what I liked about Charleston White, under the character that he was out there creating um, on people, he's a true gentleman. He's a true man. His, his conversation with me is yes, sir, no, sir. And that's the kind of respect I like from people. And I'm glad that I um, had a conversation with him because he was on my radar and the opportunity yeah. permitted itself. And I say I, he met me in Vegas. I took him out to Berkeley. I did a Tony Soprano, paid for a his whole staff food. I just nibbled on the couple of pancakes real quick yeah. to pay the bill, left a big tip, walked out the door. <laughs> yeah. You know, that type of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's bullshit. how you do it. You know, sit there and have a whole meal. Yeah. You just want to look in a person's eye to see their character. So I saw his character, you know, regardless of what the world sees and what they might say because they, his perception has given most people a negative um, vibe. Right. And I don't really <clears> want to clean it up because I really like that he can attack somebody and um, go off on and, and know the research of people, but I want to polish him into um, to a level that he is working for the rest of his life. After I was telling you, after the, it, this internet sensation thing um, blows over, and that's all. I'm, I'm just doing my part, what I came here to do, and that's to help people. Now that's what's up. I, I'm just curious, what was the video that stood out for you that made you a Charleston White fan? Because it was yes. a little bit, it was a little bit of all of them. But if I really yeah. had to say, it was when he was attacking Ti. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and he kept coming back and coming back. And he he always had accurate information. That's what was, I said, this motherfucker really must be the feds. Because who the fuck has this type of information on people? Then that's what got my, that's what got my attention. Then when he attacked everybody else, he knew their life story. He knew your blood type. He knew if your Father pulled out on another bitch. Like this nigga was just on point. And I he love different. that's what I thought was funny. So so I gotta ask with the Live Nation, right? He had a prior situation with academics. Then and I never knew that until and, you guys told me that. Yeah, and then he had the China Mac situation where he went in on China Mac and then they pulled him from the show, but you were able to get him back on. Did you meet any hesitation from Live Nation when you no, tried I'm to get boss. him? Boss, like there ain't nobody fucking with me. Like <laughs> hey, I don't do that. Like I mean, but but until you guys just, what you just told me, I never knew he had a problem with Live Nation or any of these other people. I truly just bought it. It wasn't like I was doing something to get back at anybody. Yeah. I was doing it because that's where my heart was. I was doing it because it was organic to me. And I just wanted to put him on. That was it. Well, we just had him here. He was definitely thankful. He really shouted you out for bringing him back to that situation and giving him the opportunity to even do the House of Blues on the 28th in Dallas, yeah, which gonna is going to be sold out. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, did you ever have a Charleston White type character? Because I know you've been in the game. You've been, you've just seen some things. Uh, did you ever have a Charleston White type character who says, I'm going to tell on any... any no, 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 no. You ever had that in your life when you was growing up, that no. guy who just... And that's what makes entertainment great. You know, like the guy who dresses up like a woman. What's the black dude name that's on the billboard? Uh, RuPaul? No, not him. <laughs> on oh, Tyler Perry. <laughs> no, who uh, else? The, the rapper. Oh, uh, Young Thug. The early no, days? No, the guy that's out now. Damn, he, had, he, had, he, had, he had the he had the uh, ch he had the crab shack in ATL. Blame no quite. No, no guys. He got the he's the rapper that got the nachos commercial. Ooh. 
and all that with the blonde hair. He's on the, all the billboards outside. And, and, and oh, Lil Nas Lil Nas, X. Lil Nas X. Yeah, yeah. God damn, there's so many of them. Yeah. yeah what you, you going to do there? Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and y'all really, the, the kind of money y'all making, you'll need to invest in more than one mic. <laughs> like just one mic shit, pass it around. You're the first to person other. to... It's you're hilarious. the first person call it out. <laughs> Yo, that's like, fucking like, hilarious. I'm like, and it's distracting me. I'm like, did these niggas really pass it around uh, one fucking the mic? The reason we only have one mic is because everybody's going to try to ask you a question at, at the same time. You still can have more than one mic. We got one. Okay. We got 30 mics in this Okay, before. yeah. <laughs> we still use the net, When y'all go to your new spot, everybody have a fucking mic. Let's go, TK. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> So no, so to your point, you were saying uh, uh, you didn't have a guy like that, like Charleston. Yeah, we never had that, and that's what makes rap, country music. If you're the first to do something, you stand out. So Pioneer. Charleston did something that stood out, and boom, the rest is history. Now, the thing that Charleston kind of did is he kind of exposed a lot of the street cultures and, and really that people ain't living what they say they living. Right, Niggas right, that's ain't true. standing on shit. Right. You know, you you know, you know, come from the streets. Like, when you see him exposing some of this shit, what are your thoughts? Like, damn, we have been misled or... Yeah, but <clears throat> when, when you listen to Charleston, it's not just the streets, it's the world. Right. We all have been lied to. We all have been manipulated throughout this world called life. And um, whether you're a church goer, whether you think you're righteous, we all have been lied to, to a level of we um, walk blinded because we know the truth, but we don't say nothing about it. And that's in all aspects from gangster rap to politics. I mean, look what's happening to uh, the Republicans um, defending Donald Trump. Like they know that it's a lie, but they continue to, to say that it's the truth. So it's the, whole, it's the whole world, man. And I talk about habitual liars because I stand on character. I stand on strength. And when I find men lying uh, about things they don't have to, or men who are, are lying about um, things they haven't accomplished, yeah, all these things irritate me. So I move by myself. I roll by myself because um, I move a certain way. And I don't want to take a chance of anybody rolling with me and they happen to be um, something that I thought they was and they not. So let's go all the way through there then. You mentioned Eddie Murphy. And of course, shout out to your Dream Champs interview. Yes. Touched on one million less than um, two months going crazy. Uh, they, they gave you a plaque. Congrats. Yes, thank you. Um, but you did tell a story about uh, Eddie Murphy, Charlie Murphy. Yes. and I. But what I didn't say at that story, that was going to be my last time talking about Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy. Oh. I'm glad I'm sitting on your show. Now, let me tell you why. The reason why that has to stop because it happened before you guys were born. It happened in 1982. It was way before I was doing stand-up comedy and it keeps revisiting my life. And like I was saying on the interview yesterday, the thing about life is about evolving in life. What have you become since you was a so-called minister to society? So I wanna stand on what I've accomplished, the man I am today, not about the crazy things that I did when I was 21, 22 years old. Is that how old you were back then? I was uh, 21, 22 years old. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm 63 years old now. And I'm just, and I, and I, as you're saying that, thank you for even prefacing that because, yes. again, we do want to stand on like what builds us up to this moment. Yes. 
Um, and of course, no one knows where Eddie, Charlie, what, no one knows where trajectory is going to go with people's lives. Yes. But at that time, and I'm just curious, this is just for you and your mental. When you're 21, 22, and you're hanging out uh, with stars and stuff like that, where did you see yourself at this age? Well, I wasn't even thinking about being a stand-up comedian. See, a lot of people, see the stuff that's, that's important to focus on is um, I was a track star. Mm. See, I ran track coming out of high school. Um, went to Arizona State, went to um, Cal State Northridge. So I ran. You heard? When I, huh? So, did you, uh, 400, uh, I ran everything from the 100 yard dash to the mile. I was, I was really gifted. Oh, yeah. So um, got a scholarship. And when, when we came out of New Jersey, at that time from 1977 to 1979, it was New Jersey was the, not the hottest track circuit in the country. It was the hottest track circuit in the world because we had Renato Skeets Nehemiah, we had Carl Lewis, like these are people you all probably even know about, but these was people that in the um, 70s, we was terrorizing uh, high school track and field. Now, to be 63 years old, you look amazing, like- Ah, uh, thank you, my man. Like, brother, I, I, <laughs> I, you would, I wouldn't have gave you that. What is your health regimen? Like, how have you been able to sustain yourself? I mean, there's individuals that look half your age and they they it's, they fucked up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i just think you know I, in, in everything in life you got to have a little luck right you can be the healthiest person in the world and get in a car accident you could have a brick fall on you but to make it to be 63 i took care of myself and i hope i could get so many more summers out of this thing called life but um peace of mind a good life you know and I, i'm not afraid to um let go of stress. If anybody calls me any type of friction, regardless who it is, I let them go. Now, what age did you figure out that you were funny? Well, I was, um, like, if you ever watched me do stand-up, I never smile. Right. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not really looking at it as a, as a comedian. I'm looking at it as a, um, a person who sees the world but gives a little twist on it as a stand-up comedian to make it funny. I'm really just giving my opinion with a little bit of sarcasm. That's all. That's all, that's all I'm doing. And I just have the ability to make it funny. That's it. So I can really much look at or uh, hear any type of topic, and I truly can make it funny. Now, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I, I love comedy. Like, I go to comedy shows all day long, right? Yes. So I Googled just to see what your latest stand-up is. Because we all know you funny from back then. Right. And it's like, damn, is he still funny now? Man, I pulled up the motherfucker. I had dated a 72-year-old. That nigga said, my, 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 my side bitch died from COVID. <laughs> I done zoomed in on the funeral. Bro, you had me crying laughing. Was that a real story? I can't was- tell you. It's like a magician. <laughs> you know, I can't tell you. Damn. You know, a magician never tell you a secret. I can't let you know if it's true or not. But it's hilarious, though. And I'm glad you brought that up because I haven't did that joke in a long time. Okay. So I think I'm a I'm gonna start. I'm gonna do it this weekend. Yeah, nah, that shit. That yeah, shit. That's a, where'd you see it at? Uh, it was on YouTube, man. It was on Chocolate Sundays. YouTube. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I gotta watch that. I, I, I have so much material yeah. that when people quote my material, I'm like, yo, I said that shit. Yeah. So I love that. <laughs> but I, I just, that. I just like your style of doing it. It's like you saying you like serious, but not serious with the shit. It's like you say some shit, but it'd be outrageous. It'd yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not laughing, and you can't talk in my show. Yeah. 
You can't get up and use the bathroom in my show. Like I really run that motherfucker like a state federal pen. Wait, wait. Somebody who who just gets up and starts walking to the bathroom, you actually you point them out like. Hey. I say, excuse me, can you have a seat? I say, excuse me, can you have a seat for a second? Yeah. And they'll sit down. I say, excuse me. The next time a motherfucker get up, I'm raise your motherfucking hand. Yeah. And, I, and they actually raise their hand. And I say, okay, give them a round of applause. And, you know. Now, sometimes I get niggas that's tough. Like, you know, they, don't, they think they being bitched in front of the girl. But when you come to a comedy show, you should be open to anything because it's really about fun. Yeah. I'm not doing it to punk you. Yeah. I'm doing it to be fun because once the audience see it, it's all entertainment. Now, I, I just, but it was a couple questions I had that spawned off of that, right? I was okay. like, you know, like, when the man died, the side bitch be at the funeral. But on the opposite... Would you really go to the funeral of the side girl? <laughs> Just yeah, be in the yeah, car, yeah. corner crying like, like yeah, would you I've really done go? it. I've done it. Oh shit! Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. I, 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 when I was young, I pretty much did everything I thought I think you should do in life because if you live long enough, and your mother, or your father, or good friend is dying slowly. And what my mother said to me years ago when she was passing away, God bless her. She said she wished she lived her life differently. See, so people take life for granted and you don't live life. And I think life should just be this amazing trip and journey that you do not nothing crazy. You want to murder body or uh, do things that's harm, but you should really live this thing so that when you when your day is done, you can actually say, yo, I did my motherfucking thing. And I hope I get to say that I did my motherfucking thing. So these shows right here help me to reminisce about the things I've done because I um, I don't move like a celebrity. Not at all. No, I don't move like a celebrity. I don't, I, all that, somebody working for you, eight people with you, yes. I don't do that. And that's why I enjoy Charles. It's like a grandfather watching his son. He has the entourage, they smoking weed, they really living. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I'm, and I'm in the corner and shit. Laughing, <laughs> I didn't because this shit is hilarious to me, right? Like people really love this shit, and I, I can—I mean, don't get me wrong—I like the money, but man, I get—I get my thrills out of watching other people like that. I just love that. Wait, hold on. And you said uh, that you were a, na- a neighbor to Prince, uh, but you didn't know who Prince was. No, Prince no, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. I'm sorry. I yeah, apologize. Richard Pryor. So Richard Pryor. Yes. Um, and you were you a fan of Richard Pryor? Comedy wasn't on my radar. I, I was I was going to college. I, 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 I wasn't going to see stand-up comedy and all that. I think what got me to start doing stand-up comedy is because I had admired Eddie Murphy. I see. See, when I saw the Rolls Royces and this house this nigga was living in, and we were saying, and me and him were born on the same day and year, by the way. Oh, you know. Dope. Now, we're both 62 years old. I always say I'm 63 because I have a reason, a, a metaphor, not a, a, not a metaphor, a reason why I do what I do. Most everybody in my family died before they was 40. Oh, wow. So what I do is to promise myself, and I don't like liars, I always say that I'm a year older so that I have to make sure, boom, I make it to 63. Now, you had mentioned you saw the cars uh, everything that Eddie had. So you saw the business of comedy. Yes, I saw the business of comedy. But I've always been a businessman. So that's why I don't have a manager. That's why I don't have an agent. Like everything you have seen, I've done myself for 37 <clears throat> years. And I also did that for other comics and made them very successful. What is it 
some things about business that generally people don't know that they need to understand. Common sense. You got to know common sense. You got to know numbers and you got to know there's a vibe. Like the big thing that's been going on lately, I talked about the, I thought the Michael Jordan deal with Nike was the worst deal. And people, you guys age and young people's like, oh, no, he don't have to do nothing. He's getting 200 something million a year. But I was saying to people, it's a bad deal to me. Like I asked Calvin um, yesterday, I said, Calvin, would you take the deal? He said, no, it was Calvin's his, his other guy's friend. And he said, yeah, I, I think I'll take it. But that's to them. <laughs> to me, it's a bad deal. And let me put this out in the universe. If, I, if you made me $5.1 billion a year, and I only gave you 5% of that $5.1 billion, you ain't gonna be mad? Fucking if you're right. not mad and you don't understand business because there's no way I'm going to give I'm, there's no way you're going to make there's no way you can make me five point million and I only give you five percent I just don't think that's fair so what are your idea as far as the contract when Nike says you you're not proven yet and we're going to take a risk you on said it. the right thing so here we go when you do a contract like that and no nothing has been proven nobody's worn the shoe nobody's never happened so there's contingents in the contract that once we deliver, we bump up. Once we deliver, we bump up. Once we deliver, we bump up, if that's the way you want to go. If I was negotiating the deal, it wouldn't have went that way because the deal would have been 60-40. Michael Jordan would have been getting 60. Nike would have been getting 40. And let me tell you my reason, because he's the celebrity. The celebrity always gets more than the product, always. This is just my rule. People can say whatever they want. Their personal reason, I have to respect their reason. This is just the way I will move. We getting 60%. Now, since nobody has ever wore that shoe, we don't know what's going to happen. It could have flopped. But we proved ourselves. What's so bad about that deal, that deal still exists from 1982, 83. So let me tell you why Rihanna is a billionaire. Rihanna got one of the coldest motherfucking deals in the cosmetic industry, bro. Mm. And that's why she makes the kind of money that she's making. But a, a homie of mine um, from the streets, Eric Von Zip, you know, uh, Eric Von Zip's from Harlem. And he said, TK, never worry about because the niggas who get um, the money later get more money than the niggas who get it earlier. And my point example, there's no ball players right now better than Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. But Magic Johnson and Larry Bird are not getting the kind of money these young kids are getting today. But they paved the way for these young ball players to get the kind of money that they're getting. Magic and all of them could never have fathomed the kind of money these kids are making today. They're making a killing, yo. It's unbelievable what they're making. So that's my thing about um, negotiating. That's all. So I just think I'm just fair. So earlier you said that one of the reasons why you do comedy is because you have discernment. You can see things differently than other people. Yes. So my question to you is, do you believe in conspiracy theories or do you think that's like a waste of time? It's a waste of time. Yeah. People don't use common sense. Like people say, oh, they're going to make like in basketball. You know, if, um, if it's three to one, they're going to say the ref's going to fuck up the games. The ref's going to fuck up the game so he can go to game seven. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm quite sure that some refs are on the take all the time, but it's not always like that. You know, there's some things that's just factual because to create a conspiracy theory, even though you know the truth, 
Donald Trump is a master of it. He knows the facts that they got him, but he could just go on the radio press conference and put that in the universe and people going to run with it knowing the shit is a lie. Expertise. He, he has it down to a T, Donald Trump. Masterful. And you said earlier that, you know, for 37 years in this industry, you've moved a certain way for yourself as well as um, moving that way for others who have come into the industry. And it's been written that you helped start the career of some other legendary comedians like Jamie Foxx, Theo Hughley, Mike Epps. Is there truth to this? And if so, can you tell us about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you read everybody's books, DL, I'm in his book. Um, uh, Mike Epps, I'm in his book. Um, Godfrey, I'm in his book. Um, it's no secret. It's just that like, I, I have a rule. I stay low key. And I never had to really prove anything to anybody. Um, People see me now like, yo, where the fuck he come from? But everybody had to come through TK back in the um, in the early 90s, late 80s and 90s, because I had all the comedy clubs, like the Martin Lawrence's, the Tommy Davidson's, all had to work for me, but I had a crew. Um, me, my man Shannon, we was, we, was, we was street hustlers, and we paid more to the comics than any other comedy club was given because we weren't in the white comedy clubs yet. We wasn't in the the comedy stores, the improvs, the funny bones. We was the, it was the Comic Theater, it was the Birdland West, it was the Palace um, in Hollywood when um, I still see I was on stage one day and it was packed and I see Will Smith, Mike Tyson, um, Tiny from Fridays. Um, all of us were just really getting our, getting our start. But if you look in this business and you didn't know me, you didn't like, oh, why TK ain't blow? But a lot of people didn't know I was already rich before I got into the game. Like when Gio used to come over my house, I'd never get it. He's like, yo, how, how the fuck you living like this? Because I've always been smart, always stacked my money. And that's why Dio is successful today because I took my street savvy. I gave him the blueprint and, no, and I always taught him, no matter how much money you get, never get comfortable. And um, one of the great stories too, I, I want to say it for the first time, when Faze on Love did Fridays and he was doing the, the TV show with... Um, Robert Townsend, um, he had stopped doing stand-up. And I called him, I said, yo, you gotta get back doing stand-up because you left so much money on the table. What the fuck you doing? Phase on Love now is doing stand-up comedy and he'll tell you that story. Yeah. Man, so being such a big brother in the game to a lot of individuals, do you feel responsible for, like, if a person doesn't make it? Like no, 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 no. We all men. You know, at the end of the day, if everybody know how I move, I'm a man. If you make it, you make it. If you listen to the blueprint, you listen to the blueprint. Um, I know my purpose on this planet. I, I do what I have to do for people and I put them in position. Basically, I bring you to the dance. It's up to you to find out who to dance to. Just like my son, I remember one day he was hanging out. Just like uh, me and my son was hanging out. I was, no, I was sitting home in my um, house and my son said, Dad, I'm going to go to the Lil Wayne concert. And I don't really go out. So, you know, I said, let's go. And one of my friends from college was there and he works for Interscope Records. So I said, yo, Troy, I said, yo, can you give my son a job? Eight, nine years ago. And my, they exchanged phone numbers and my son constantly stayed in touch with Troy. 
Troy wind up signing. So my son wound up working for Dr. Dre, Jimmy Iveen oh, at wow. Interscope Records. Now my son is a big wig in Los Angeles, California in, in the music industry. Like he balling and I'm, I'm glad. And I don't bring it up, throw in this face, yo, I did that for you. All the people I put on, I put on, but I'm blessed in my own way. You know, I'm healthy. Amen. I don't look my age. I'm not on a, uh, a wheelchair, you know. Amen. I'm, 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 Women still want to fuck me. That's important. I mean, that's very important. Yeah, yeah, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This interview is sponsored by Blue Chew. Yeah, all y'all got to make it. That's the goal, right? Yeah, for real. Now, um, is there anybody you ever regretted sharing the blueprint with? Oh, yeah, but I keep that secret. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Speaking of women, man, there's an interview saying that you knocked off 10,000. Yeah, I was just, I was just, I was just, I was just talking shit. It seemed like I had that much sex, but my, um, I, 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 I was a slight hoe when I was young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm supposed to live like that. Like, I Not just think, sure. I think that, um, I was never a liar. How about that? Some men get married and be in relationships and still cheat. Yeah. I never cheated on nobody. I never was like, yo, we're going to kick it and I'm out here still fucking this person, that person causes confusion in the home. I never did that. I, I've been everything in life. I've been the side nigga. Yeah. You know, I don't bought the, 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 the girl I'm fucking with boyfriend's clothes or yeah. if he was struggling. Damn. I don't bought women cars and all kind of shit, you know. Now, some of my female friends, if they knew me, they say, "Oh, TK, you didn't do you didn't do that for me." I'm like, "Well, bitch, you wasn't the one. It didn't happen." <laughs> now, me and my friends, we've been having this conversation about monogamy and if it is a real thing. Do you subscribe to monogamy, or is that just like does that go against a male's nature? I think everybody has to do what they need to do. Every some men, if I had to be in a comedic way, I would say men who who need to be married can't get pussy. If I had to make it, yeah. Like if you marry, if you marry, nigga, you just want in-house pussy all the time. But what men don't understand is most of y'all fuck your way out of a relationship. Damn. Because y'all want to have sex so much that eventually if that woman don't have character, if she's a liability more than an asset and, and, and you're still growing as a man, you don't look right. You don't, you're not the same to that young lady. And then you have a woman who has the same type of um, desires, right? She could be growing and look at you differently because you're not growing or um, your dick game ain't as good as when she want to pursue other things. Because once you know what good pussy is, that plays a part in your relationship. Once a woman knows what good dick is, that plays a part in her relationship because you can have all the money in the world, but your sex game could be fucked up. That's why I always say, when you date someone, it has to be like a Rubik's cube. You got to hope all the colors fit together. We all know how difficult that is to put a Rubik's cube together. And, do, and some people do get it together, but that's in real life. Some people do have a good relationship. Their chemistry is just on point because they figured it out. Now, now one, one question I had to follow up the question, right? You know how like niggas would be like, boy, if I had Beyonce, I'd settle down. Was there ever a woman, and you don't have to name or anything, but was there ever a woman that you felt like if I got her, I just I'll drop everybody for There's not a woman on this motherfucking planet I do that for. <laughs> no way. Hell no. No. Uh, that yet. No, 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 no. No, no, I would never I would because see you got you gotta know who you are. 
See, let me explain to you what I mean by that. I'm successful because I'm not married. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute now. So somebody who is married will tell somebody who is, who is married will say my wife is the reason I'm successful. Yes, because that's his mentality. He thinks that and she could bring something to the table for him. That's not my path. Mm. See, everything is based on individuals. And when we talk, we always most people listen to the don't listen to the story. They put themselves in the story. So most people reply and not comprehend. So the, the, when people talk, people should listen to comprehend, not reply. But if you know, when you tell somebody anything, over, people always put themselves in the story, not listening to the message that the man who's delivering the story is giving. Well, I'm so so. Let's get let's get to the story of why uh, a woman would not a wife would not help you get to where you're at now. I don't like pettiness. I don't like confusion. And when I move, I got to move. And I don't have to answer to anybody. When you're in a relationship, you can't say I'm going to Paris. And your girl might be upset. You can't say if you got a deal somewhere and she's upset. Now you got to cater to her like, oh, my wife's tripping. I can't do that. I ain't doing that shit. Yeah, I tried to plan a surprise birthday. It was like, hey, I'm about to go to the store. Really, I'm about to go somewhere else. But I'm like, damn, I feel like I'm lying to go to do what I got to do to surprise. Right. Because they asked too many questions. I'm like, it's just right. weird feeling. It's yeah. weird and, that's, and you're just a nice guy. A person should be happy to be married to you. <laughs> but to, for you to feel like you just a real nice guy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, and, that, and, that, and, and, and believe it or not, I do want you to be that kind of way. Like my daughter's date and the guys they dated are some of the corniest niggas on the planet. And I love that. <laughs> I want my daughters to um, meet gentlemen like you. So I'm curious. <laughs> you see, you see where the game is going, right? You see, uh, women are into sex toys now. They've you, always been. See, the, again, you, did, did you have AI? Yeah, that's coming up again. Women have always been into sex toys. Where see, do you think to it's going to go? So to be a player, to really have your repertoire together, you've got to have your own sex toy. You got another tie a bitch up, blindfold her. Oh. You got to know how to have champagne. You got to yeah. know how to eat pussy, finger yeah. fuck, use a vibrator, eat a pussy in the middle of the night. Yeah. Like, these things are what women like. See, most of these, some of y'all are so nice and, and you don't bring the, the sluttiness. Out. You know, most women are successful. They, so every now and then they want to feel like a slut, nigga. Like, oh, this some real shit. <laughs> yeah, because most of the women that cheat on their husbands or boyfriends and fuck me, that's what I do. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. So they, they, they call you Mr. Hot Towel. Mr. Well, they don't hot call towel. me Hot Towel, but I put people up. I put people on game okay. about the Hot Towel. So, you know? Because I think a man is supposed to be a woman's concierge. You're supposed to cater her and, and, and those type of things. And that's just how, that's how I move. Do you feel like in today's age with these kids that foreplay is dead? No, no, no. I, I'm not in their bedroom. All I know, again, yeah, I, I know what I do in my bedroom. Yeah, I don't know what the kids are doing in their bedroom. <laughs> so what, what are your thoughts on the honey pack and, like, uh, the enhancements? Is that cheating? Explain to, I don't know what that is. I, I think I'm too so, old for that. <laughs> but, like, like you know, like let's say, like, Viagra or enhancements to, to keep you hard. Is that I think, cheating I or think no? we. I think we're all going to need it. I'm, um, I'm not there yet, but I've said to myself, if I ever took one of a Viagra and a bitch stood me up, could I sue her in court? Because <laughs> 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 I'm going I'm I'm to talk to the lawyer. I'm going to know, yo, can, I got a hard dick. Can I sue her for half the pill or for the whole pill? 
<laughs> because I was assuming we was going on a date and she stood me out. Like, I'm not going to sweep that under the rug. <laughs> now, you said you've been a side nigga. You've dealt with side women. You've been to side chicks' funerals. Yes. Um, so, in your eyes, can cheating be forgiven? Like, when you're significant? No, nah, no, nah, not me, but, but you got to know who you are. See, most men can't get another woman. These are facts. Most men say, oh, I love her so much. Uh, you know, I gotta have her. And I'm like, it's seven billion motherfuckers on the planet. Like, you, you ain't got enough game to go pull another woman? Because here's the mental torture that men who are listening and, and some men in here do. If you cheat on your girl, your girl cheat on you. Most men get married because they got cheated. They got caught cheating. And they married the woman they cheated on. So now that. you're going to torture this woman for the rest of her life mentally because she's going to try to forgive you. I've seen that. But you ever notice in her pictures, she don't smile that much. <laughs> you ever notice when you go out, she's real quiet because she doesn't want to forgive. She loves you, but she doesn't want to give. It's a hurt feeling. And I use the analogy of a man smacked a woman and she's hurt. And then you come back and you think she's supposed to be, I didn't smack you, baby. You still tripping on it? Because that's the game niggas will play. Oh, you still tripping off that? I got it. That's why I look young. I ain't putting no female in no bullshit, and I'm not putting my... The first sign of a woman, even an inkling, that she could be doing something wrong. My block game so cold, dog. So, I'll block your ass in a minute. So, wait, wait. So, TK, I got to ask you then. You find out your girl doing something, whatever. You, y'all have a little argument. Y'all going back and forth. She angry. She, she don't like what the things you're saying because you kind of tell her what it is. She put her hands on you. She like, I'm going to you know, she hit you. Right. From, from OG, you know, what's the next move? If a woman hits me, I'm going to say before I do what I'm about to do, I'm going to say, right now, I identify myself as a transgender woman. <laughs> we on the even playing field. And I'm going to whoop your motherfucking ass. <laughs> nah, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. You know, the, I, I just think that if you say that, you can't go to jail. You know, cops call. Did you hear that? Yes. But at that moment, I said out loud, I would identify myself as a transgender woman. I'm going to put somebody to get off on that in the case. That's deep. Because they talk about equal rights, right? They want equal bail. Hey, if you talk about that equal rights shit, you know, you got motherfuckers, women, men running against women because they, they, they consider themselves transgender. Well, I whooped this bitch ass at that moment because I thought I was transgender. But to be honest, I, I would never touch a woman, even though I have when I was young. When I was young, I actually hit my um, daughter's mother when I was a kid. And um, I regret it, but I understand the universe. It was meant to happen that way, so I could never really get back into that relationship. So I moved on and... It turned out best for me. So I feel like a lot of people get married for like stability, right? People like routine. So you said you've been with a lot of women over the years. Has there not been like one woman that you feel like spiritually connected to? Like, you know, I kind of want to keep her around. And I'm willing to put up with this, that, and the third for this one person. Has it not happened? Yeah, I love them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like, for real. <laughs> Yeah, I love them all. Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like, I'm single. I really date who I want to date. You know, I, people all, 
Western civilization has brainwashed us to the point since we was kids, we should get married. And if you look at marriage statistically, marriage is truly for the woman. It's not for the man. Most women become multimillionaires because of divorce. Most women leave the husband. I just think it's horrible to put you, I, here's the, the, the real nutshell of this now I think about it. I, could, I couldn't put my life in another person's hands. This just don't make, it ain't common sense. Yeah, I'm, I, I gotta be in control. I, I'm treating a woman good, we lay in the bed for years and then one day she say, I don't wanna be with you no more. That's deep. So what do you say to the woman that says we can't, or the woman that think like this still, we can't have sex until we, till the ring is on the finger, till we get married? And there are some people like that. But if that, if, if that again, if that's what you choose to do, um, I think that woman better really be good in bed. Yeah, because what happens, see that is, again, it's bullshit. You wouldn't drive a Bentley without going for a test ride, right? And I think it's good that we have women with morals. I don't think there's nothing wrong with having sex before you get married. I truly don't. Because believe it or not, sex can either make or break a relationship. You can make a person wait months, maybe even years, and then fuck them, and they go, man, I waited for this whack ass shit, and it's done. Now you're trying to figure a way to get out of a relationship. <laughs> yeah, it could go down that way, so. Mm-hmm. Um. Some game that I picked up on from one of your interviews was um, where you was talking about how to get a free LLC. Um, and I just thought that was crazy because I spent a lot of money to get an LLC and I had never heard that information. Yes. What has made you like do this type of research to get this type of game out? Like, what is I just read, I just, I'm sorry to interrupt. I read a lot and when I think something, I, I think I'm good at knowing what the world wants to hear. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing it so long that Ink Five started charging by the time I did Drink Champs. I want to tell you that because I did exactly what you said. Yes. I went to Ink File, did the, the IR, I did all yes. that. Yep. And the moment that the Amex car came in the mail, right when the Amex car came, I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. Right when I called and said, hey, man, uh, can I get this 200, 500, whatever? They're like, yeah, we're going to use your uh, personal credits. We're going to, they stopped wanting to use the EIN. Yes. And go straight to the personal. Like, I felt like this was new. The way they were talking to me, I felt it was new. I said, right. oh, somebody must have already been on this and fucked the, up some money. Ink file changed everything <laughs> over the years because people was hitting me up saying, TK, the ink file shit is trying. Like, people all in my DM. One, I took it as a, a sign of disrespect. And let me explain to you why. Because if you go to an attorney, attorney charges thousands of dollars to give you an LLC. That's facts. Ink file was only charging two or 300. So I, when I did talk to somebody, I said, yo, you can't pay the $300? What, I mean, what Dog, you trying to pay the $300? Because you obviously you don't know business. So here's what I said. Most people's reaching out to me was going to do a scam. Right. Yeah, it's not like they were trying to say to They was going to get the credit card and shop and whatever and not pay the bill. Yeah, they heard 200,000. This is just a fact. This is, just, I, this is what I really felt because who the fuck's gonna be upset paying 300 when you really know attorneys pay thousands for what I told you? No, that's facts. Then you get, once you get the LLC, you go to the uh, uh, irsgov.com to get your, 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 that's still free, your free EIN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then boom, you, you do the rest, but you're right. 
now after you get your credit card and you want to advance or whatever, they ask you for your personal um, social security number unless your EIN is mature. And now that I think about it, when I got my money, they did ask for my social security number. And I have a block on my social security. So I had to stay on the phone while they checked us. Oh, yeah, it's a block. And once they said, yeah, you, you've been approved. But, you know, my, my, my limit is, un, I, probably could probably, I could probably put $40 million on my card. But, but I spend in the thousands a month, way over thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a month on my card. But um, it was some game I gave the people. And now the new game I'm going to drop it on July 12th on the Breakfast Club that we talked about is with my uh, Snapchat deal that I signed. Oh, man. And, and, and you guys seen it? You seen the paperwork? Yeah, you seen? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, I'm not going to really drop it too much here because you guys will be out before yes. the Breakfast Club. Yeah. But we could touch on it just a little bit. And um, if people don't understand the internet, they think what I'm telling them is a scam. See, if you say this to a regular person that don't know social media, you're like, oh, this nigga full of shit. But once I sent you the documentation, you looked at it differently, didn't you? Like, yo, this shit is real. A lot of people don't understand there's really YouTubers who are making a million dollars a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This shit does exist. It's crazy. And, and you read it like, oh, it's probably not. But when um, certain people bring other people information, they think it's a scam. You know, I'm not saying no name. One guy, radio station guy in Atlanta. I sent him what I sent you. You know what he said to me? TK, your phone's been hacked. <laughs> I put LOL. <laughs> because I'm glad whoever I sent this to is doing what they're doing. So when they see what I'm about to say in a couple of weeks, I can't wait to laugh at them. Because... Um, this is truly an opportunity of a lifetime to put people in position to make more money than they could ever imagine for taking a fucking picture. Do you understand? Like I come from an era where you couldn't get three niggas a year to be on, on somebody's picture because it was, you, that's how you got indicted back in the day. Mm-hmm. It was taboo. You had a party and motherfuckers take your picture. Niggas will go get your camera or your Polaroid because we didn't want to be on pictures. When people take pictures, you actually walk the other way. So um, you, you're an OG in the game. Typically, OGs aren't as affluent in social media it was that something that you had to be get into or was like, was that on your radar? Were you on it at first? Like, how did you get into social media? Yeah, I got friends. I got you know, most of all my friends are 10 years younger than me. Yeah. So I had to get into this game because you, you, you get left behind. Give you an example. My son is the reason why I got on the breakfast club. And because me and Charlemagne goes way back to Wendy Williams. See, I'm a, Wendy Williams is a fan of me. Wendy Williams loved me to death. Yeah, God bless Wendy Williams. And Charlemagne was the sidekick at that time. So when years, fast forward years later, Charlemagne is on the radio and my son is like, Dad, you need to do um, the Breakfast Club. I'm, I'm not fucking with the Breakfast Club. I said, Charlemagne and the lady, they kids to me. Did the show. My, I didn't understand what views were at that time. 
and what that meant. And my views are so high that it caught the attention of um, Vlad. And Vlad gave me a call, asked me, could I come do his show the uh, same night and the same afternoon? And I did it. That's crazy. Now, you being in the game, you got to give me one BMF story. I know you bumped into them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 BMF, meeting on them are great friends of mine and, and, and their wife, shout out to her. Uh, I was the go-to comedian for the Hustlers. You was, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I literally remember this. Yeah, I was the if you was a hustler and you was getting money, nigga, I was the guy you called. You know what I'm saying? Because my show was everybody can relate to that particular show. So Mink Coast Diamonds, and I remember um, meeting them through a, um, a big party in Beverly Hills. Man, it must have been about forty million dollars worth of cars out in the parking lot. It must have been at least. $10 million worth of jewelry on everybody. I mean, the whole thing was so icy. You you got cold when you walked in that motherfucker. It was, it was that. I mean, some of the most beautiful jewelry you could ever imagine in your life. It was a cold-ass party, yo. Shout out to those guys. They always treated me well. Do you think we'll ever see that type of unity again from just some black brothers? Well, I don't know if you consider it unity. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing, the thing that hustlers was doing we wasn't using common sense and we didn't have knowledge see we was selling a product that was going to detriment your community detriment yourself for just a six percent markup because unless you was the plug you were selling it for somebody so you got it for 15 you put three on it so now you sell it for eighteen thousand. so when you sell it you only getting three thousand off the 15 but if you got caught you really got the full potential of what the whole thing cost unless you snitched on someone or if you lost it you had to pay the connect back or if somebody knew that you had it you could die over the price of the whole thing so when you average out the math on being a hustler the time that they give you is not worth it but that's, that's our mindset see we, we're all a brainwashed we're all we're all brainwashed by tv and film you know, when you watch the Scarfaces, when you watch Power, um, it always shows the downfall of bad choices. Yeah, you might seem corny and, as a youngster, but man, it, it's okay to take the long route to be successful. Now, you've seen so many hustlers like and people with money, and I'm sure that you've had these opportunities, but you stayed low-key and you just stayed doing what you do. What made you take that route? What, like, you, like you say, you could be jury down, whatever, but you're always, like you say, low-key. What made you just I, be like that? Because like that? you stayed low-key and flex occasionally. Like when we was growing up, your, your mother, you couldn't tell nobody where you was going. It was taboo. If you told somebody where you was going, your ass didn't go. That's how our parents moved, right? Um, um, jewelry is nice. I got it. But it doesn't make sense to... Wear it in the mall. It doesn't make sense to wear it going to Foot Locker. Uh, I hear you. Yeah, jewelry is something that you wear, you go on somewhere real elegant and you just want to look amazing and make yourself feel that much more amazing. Um, we, we put on for you. We put on for you. Yeah. Right. Well, no, 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 no. I, 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 no disrespect to y'all. You know, I, 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 mean, I see I got your pieces, but. No disrespect. The kind of jewelry I'm talking about is not is not on that level. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Sit your ass down, son. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, I, 
I know y'all feel like a group and shit. Sit your ass down, son. You know, I know, Sit your I know ass down. Feel, I know y'all walking around really feeling it. You know what I'm saying? You know, like you really got some really, some real pride to You know what icy is. I know what icy is, dog. That's funny as hell. Yeah, I know what icy is. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all really feeling y'all made it? No, so listen, man. And, 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 like I tell anybody, like I tell anybody, a nigga will always take a trophy no matter what it is. No, I'm fucking with you, though. But, but I really want to know. No, no, no. I, I've seen a million. I've seen a million on a nigga neck, and I'm like, bruh. Yes, but look, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. That's all. With that necklace on, do you feel a certain way? Oh, yes. Let me like, tell how you how do you feel? So, when you build a brand yes. that's out of nothing with your brothers, and then you're able to get that brand put on diamonds, it's the statement that of what that is, of what the, of the story what behind it. And that's why I wanted to ask what you felt. Because, give you an example. Uh, if you watch um, Paget Watches, I think I pronounced it right. It's, uh, the, the AP? The AP. Yeah. You saw what happened today, right? No, what happened? What the decline of the watch has declined for the first time ever in 30, 40 Are years. Are you serious? Oh, damn. Yeah, has declined. So, you know, we got the diamond watches, but you know the watch, what watch really should cost 10 million or a million? Uh, an Apple watch. Nigga, not for real. Because the Apple watch, <laughs> what that can, thing do? You, can, you can talk on the phone. If you lose your phone, it can tell you your heartbeat. It can tell you how many miles you walk. It got contacts in the phone. It can, you can put your GPS in. It can tell you which way to walk. Yo, this is the only watch you need in life. So we got played again, right? We thinking that we got diamonds on our wrist. Yeah, it look good. But again, we got played. Man. Because it don't make no fucking sense. That if you lost that watch, you can't find it. But if you lost your watch and had your phone, and you got the tracker on your phone, you can find your watch. Man, that's not, yeah, you spend some real game right now. <laughs> you that's just some real, real shit. Like, it's, a, it's amazing the mind of mankind today. Man. You know? See, we work, we work hard to get the bag right. as, as a youth. But then we, then we need money to get our youth back. But are you ever amazed at like when you do wear jewelry, the shit that like the way that people treat you different? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You be like, Damn, it don't feel right to you, but it's really nice to feel the compliment. It's like a, 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 a award, a reward. People letting you know that your shit is nice. But I tell people it's good to rock it, as long as you know you got millions in the bank, and it doesn't really mean anything to you because when you get attached to something and you lose it, ah, oh, homie, it's a horrible feeling. I remember um, I, bought, I had got a custom-made diamond Rolex watch made in a big-ass nice medallion. And I wasn't used to shit. Let me tell you what happened. Yeah. I probably had it for like a week. And I said, I'm going to go get this clean. It didn't need to be clean. But yeah, just doing too much. I took my clothes out of my apartment. I walked downstairs, put everything in the car. Somehow between the car, the apartment in my house, I mean a, a car, I lost the the jewelry that was in the, Ooh. the little pouch. Damn. I said, maybe I dropped it in the trash. So you know that big chute that they have in the wall uh, and everybody goes, put their trash in and goes yeah, all the way down there? 
I pulled that out. Damn, look at Got in that motherfucker and, and was throwing everything out. I still remember that to this day because I was on my way to the studio with uh, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. And I'll never forget that. that to this day, that shit still hurts. What would you say if somebody actually wore that and you saw him like, what's your... What's your <laughs> I wouldn't even know what it looked like now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wouldn't okay. even know what it looked like. Um, but it, it teaches you not to get attached to certain things. Like, I got this MCM bag. Yeah. This is my third one. Because when I was in San Francisco, they got me twice. They broke in my car in November, and they broke in my car three months later. And it hurt because I got comfortable walking into the restaurant with my daughter and not thinking, I'm in a nice neighborhood. And I actually stood there and looked around to see if I saw anybody, but they saw me. And when I went in, they had stashed this damn bag. So they got me twice. So here's my thing I'm going to do one day. My daughter's about to graduate from college in two years. Congrats. The week that she's going to graduate, I'm going to shit in a bag <laughs> for a week. And I'm going to go back to the same place they broke in my car. Because they don't look at the bag until they break into it. They're going to break, the, break into the car. They're going to take that bag and put it in the car and think they really got something. And I'm just going to laugh my ass off because that's the only time I ever want to get a motherfucker back. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to get their ass back. Put some I swear cameras up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get their ass. I'm going to get them. Shout out to Real Street Stars, nigga. Moolah. Hey.